Shall be seated in heavenly places. God bless you so much for being here to receive from the Lord. Amen and amen. <laughs> amen and amen. All right. I want to thank God for your life. We want to thank God for how far he has brought us. I want to thank God for his mercies, which are new every morning. I want to thank God for everything that he has bestowed upon us. Amen. All right, so last week we started our series, The Gospel of Freedom. Amen. And no, when I, <clears throat> I listen again, the message, I have soaked it throughout the week on the podcast. It's very, very powerful. You know, sometimes when you are standing here and you are delivering the message, you don't know how powerful the message is until you go home and then you, you get hold of the podcast. And then you listen to the message over and over. I listened to it. I slept with it. Woke up with it. I realized that I, before I realized, I realized I was getting more message out of the message. I started preparing more message out of the message. And it was very awesome. If you don't have the podcast, make sure you download it probably after church. You can be helped to get the podcast on your phone. And make sure you have the podcast ready all the time throughout the week as you transport around listen to it don't get tired there are some people who always want to hear new things but they have never done anything with what they already heard uh, you know they always want to oh this one I've heard it before okay I've heard what did you do with it until you do something with what you already have don't be eager to get something new I get what I'm saying I say, until you do something what you already have, don't be eager to get something new because that something new will come and make your life complicated. So make sure you listen to the message. Paul said, I'm not tired to write the same thing to you over and over again. Because there are some people you have to repeat the message before they will get the inertia to say, okay, Charlie, I'll do it. Other than that, they just hear and then... <laughs> What is the new, the latest revelation in town? What have you done with what you already know? <laughs> Amen. Yeah, so there's no problem you listening to the podcast over and over. Whenever you are listening to it again, don't say, I've heard it before. No, I have an open space. I'm, I'm telling you, I was, I slept with it, woke up, I realized, I found myself writing a, a whole new message out of what I was listening to. And I was thinking, I, 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 I taught it. You know, and I've listened to it. But I, whoa, I was getting more powerful stuff out of it, and it was so awesome. Amen. So today is a part two. Last week we laid a very powerful foundation, and I brought to your attention the difference between three important words, okay, in the Bible that some people don't really know. They don't have a proper understanding of. So sometimes they they box things up like that. Amen. Salvation, deliverance, 
and the word freedom and I broke them down okay and before we we close the service last week we made sure that we we learned some one or two things in addition to those words uh, first of all we got to know the reason we have freedom why did God give us freedom why did God make sure that we have freedom and what did we learn we learned that it is so that we can receive the life of God. The life of God guarantees freedom. The life of God guarantees what? Freedom. Anyone who does not have the life of God, you are not free from the oppressions of the devil. You are not free. And if anyone has the life of God, and is still experiencing certain things from the enemy. It's not because God has, has allowed it to be so, but because this individual does not have accurate knowledge of what has been made available to him or her by the Lord. That's why the Bible says, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. Lack of it. You cannot have the right knowledge and continue to perish. It's not possible. It's not possible. The moment you have the knowledge, that is your freedom. Amen. And we also added, we, we learned who we were freed from, right? Yes, that was what we ended the message. And we learned that we are free from the devil. Amen. Because if you know why, then you, if you know... Um, then definitely must just know who we are freed from. Okay? So we are freed from the devil. We also learned about what we have been freed from, right? Yes, we learned what we have been freed from. And that is what? Sin. Sin is what we have been freed from. Sin is anything. A life that does not bring glory to the Father. A life that does not attribute in the proper way who God is. Sickness, disease, poverty, death. It's not who God is. Amen. Alright. Very, very powerful. We want to thank God. Now, turn your Bibles with me to <clears throat> um, Galatians chapter number 1. Galatians chapter number one. Thank you, Lord. I want to thank you. I want us to. I think we ended at um, what we are freed from. Our next one was who. Right? So let's take the who, right? So who are we freed from? <clears throat> who are we freed from? We are freed from the devil. Now, let's take, so that's what we're going to read. Galatians chapter number one. Let's do verse number three and verse number four. It says, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. He gave himself for our sins. 
that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So we have been delivered from this present evil age. We have been set free from this evil time we are in. No, the word age, it's not like us in um, six years old, I am um, this, this, this. No, that's not what actually. The, way, the word aeon, okay, the age there means aeon. It, it, it's um, the word that describes world. And that world, it can mean also the time that we are in. The time. Praise the Lord. So, as you can, you can tell, we all know, look at the evil in the world today. And somebody will be thinking, oh, if God is there, why has he allowed all these things to happen? And I told you the last time, if there's no darkness, how can you shine? Why are you so eager for God to take away the evil in this world right now? Instead of you rather thinking about your light shining. The time will come, when you read the book of Revelation, the time will come that there will be no you know, evil and all this. Everything will be taken away. And we're going to have a beautiful world that is full of light, that is full of glory. Everything. No, the, the Bible says there will be no suffering there. There will be no crying there. There will be no issues there. In that next world that we're going to enter, we will get there. But God has to first judge this world. He has to ask the world questions. <laughs> why, why did you decide to bring calamity to my people? <laughs> and then the world will have to answer. And if they don't answer reasonably according to the will of the Lord, yeah, they are cast out. They, God, God sends them away from his, his domain. I get what I'm saying. In God's domain, in God's place, what he seeks or what he wants to be available in his domain in his in his place is that he wants people to be full of life his life he wants people to prosper he wants people to be healthy he wants people to be beautiful amen he doesn't want all those things that will bring calamity he wants people to have a beautiful exciting life and that is why in the next life you you're going to laugh you know, and all of that. But then, listen. Even in this present age, he said he has set us free from all of those evil things. So even right now, as you are sitting there, you have what it takes to be excited all the time. Because the evil things that are supposed to happen in this world right now, you have been taken away from it. You have been set free. You have been delivered from it. So right now, in Christ, you have what it takes to have a beautiful life. Are you getting it? We have been set free. So, you see, that is why we are God's people. That is why we are holy. If you recently study one of our uh, devotional, the reason you must be led by the Holy Spirit. What people don't understand by the word holiness is that they think holiness is about wearing a long gown and all of that. Yes, I mean, the Bible talks about dressing decently. It's powerful. It's good to dress decently. But the word holy has been misunderstood. The word holy simply means different. That's all. That's all. The Greek word translated holy simply means different. So the Holy Spirit simply means different spirit. Come on, are you here with me? 
It means different spirit to what is prevailing in the world. So in the world, there's a spirit that is responsible for sickness, poverty, death, and all of that. And when God's spirit came into the system, he said, I am different from this spirit you are used to. So when you are born again, what makes everybody to know that you are born again is that you possess this different spirit, this Holy Spirit. That is why in Romans chapter number 8, he says, if you don't have the spirit of Christ, you don't belong to him. If you don't have this different spirit that is of Christ, you don't belong to him. So, someone says, um, maybe before um, he got born again, before he got saved, let me put it that way. Before he got saved, right? Let's say this person used to be a womanizer or a, a thief. You know? Now, this person says, I'm now born again. The moment that person says, I'm born again, then his attributes must be different from what he used to be. It's as simple as that. Because now you're having a different spirit from what you used to be when you were once a womanizer, the thief, the liar, and all those things. Are you here with me, somebody? So you cannot say, I am born again. You cannot say that I am born again. And you are still, in fact, your womanizing has now quadrupled before even you got born again. It's not possible. It's not possible. Before you got born again, maybe you only had one sign check. Now you got born again, you have ten. Wow. This cannot be. <laughs> Probably, you know, you know, this, the demon said, if you cast us out and I come and find a place empty, I'll go and bring more wicked spirit. Probably this is not a different spirit from God. This is additional spirits. <laughs> That's have been brought into your life to make you more of a womanizer than what you used to be. Amen, somebody. Yeah. So the fact that somebody is in, sitting in the church in the, among the congregation, you must just check this. You must check your life. Whoa. I used to be this. Now, I'm not, it is not about behavior modification because if you are brand new, you must bear brand new fruit. You didn't hear what I said. If you are brand new, you must bear brand new fruit. I am new. I am new. If, if anyone be in Christ, he is new. He's not the old. So if you are now new in Christ, and you are still seeing the old in the new, Jesus said you cannot touch the old with the new. They cannot be in the same place. Wow. Before you got born again, you used to be full of anger. Now you are born again and you are still getting angry by a fly passing in front of your face. And you start insulting the fly. If you were a human being, I would have knocked you. <laughs> Master, check, check, check yourself well. Amen, somebody. Check yourself well. Yeah. So we have been serving set free. We have been delivered. We've been taken away from the evil in the present age. That is why if you are sitting, you must believe. There are some believers who think the corona can kill them. They can get them. I read an article on the on one of the news, but, uh, and I laughed. I laughed when my ribs was, was just cracking. The guy, the, according to the person who brought the story, said she used to call herself Corona Police. Because she all the time would, you know, 
do everything in total. Mask up, do this, do that, do that. Yet she nearly lost her life to the same virus. She thought she was a police officer. <laughs> yes. You see, at the end of the day, the fear would demolish any kind of protection you think you have. It would demolish everything. I get what I'm saying, somebody. So we have said, I've been delivered. There's no evil in this present age that can touch your life. You didn't hear what I said. I said, there's no evil. And you know what? When sometimes when people hear the word evil, they think it's not just about wickedness. It is evil to be sick. It is evil to go through all the things many people are going through. It is evil. It is not holy. It's not different. It's not, it's not, it's not what God wills for your life. It's not what God has prepared for your life. God wants you to walk in absolute health. He wants you to walk in life. He wants you to walk in abundance. Say abundance. Overflow. Say overflow. Overflow. He wants you to overflow. Praise the Lord, somebody. He wants you to have more than enough. It, the evil in this world is that some few people are hoarding the little resources in the world. And they say, I'm the world's richest man. And they are hoarding it. No, no, no. Evil. You see, when you have more than enough, the reason you have more than enough, it says that after your needs have been taken care of, what happens to you? You will abound to good works. You're going to go into good works. Praise the Lord, somebody. Are you here with me? All right. Now go to Hebrews chapter number two. Hebrews chapter number two. Hebrews chapter number two. Praise the Lord. Are you here? Hebrews chapter number 2. I want to read verse number from verse number 13. Oh, now let's do from verse number 11. My emphasis will be on verse number 14. Hebrews chapter number 2. I, I read from verse number 11. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. For which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will sing praise to you. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, here am I and the children whom God has given me. And he says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of the flesh and blood, he himself likewise shed the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death that is the devil verse 15 and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage so he said he will use what he might destroy death he might destroy death so Jesus through his death destroyed death he destroyed death. Are you here with me? Jesus, through his death, destroyed what? Death. That's what happened. And look at what he said in the verse number 15. And release. And release those set free. Release those who through fear of death. Who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So through the fear of death, many were subject to bondage. 
Jesus Christ came to die to release, say release. He came to release everybody who all of their life, because of the fear of death, were subject to death. They were subject. Fear of death. They were subject to bondage. Fear of death. Oh Lord Jesus. Many people are fear of death. They are so afraid of death. I'm talking about physical death, not spiritual death. Physical death. There are many people all their lifetime because of the fear of death, they have been subject to bondage. Oh, you'll be thinking, oh, it's not my fault. This is No. What you are subject to determines or will tell what controls your life. If death controls your life, do you know what's going to happen? You will be subject to sickness and disease, poverty, all those things. You'll be a subject to them. You'll be a subject to them. And why? Now tell me, no, I'm going to ask you a simple question. Do you think there's somebody who falls in and thinks, oh, I love to be sick? I've asked this here before. Nobody wants to be sick. And as soon as somebody falls sick, most of you know that the likelihood of that person dying is a possibility in the city. Somebody could just be sneezing before I realize the person has fallen down dead. I was like, ah, what was wrong with him? I was, like, ah, I was just sneezing. Sneezing, how can sneezing kill somebody? Yes. The purpose of the sickness is not just to pamper you, it's to kill you. You didn't hear what I said? That is why you must hate sickness and disease with every string of your blood. I told you the last time. Can you just imagine? Let me, let me just, just let you understand this. Let me tell you. All that God is seeking for people that they are refusing to receive is that I, God, I know what is best and I know what is bad. I don't want you to die. I'm giving you life. I don't want you to, to be sick. I'm giving you health. I don't want you to be unfaithful, so I'm giving you faithfulness. God is giving the best to people, yet people think what they are going through or having is the best. Uh, can you imagine? No. How many of you want to be sick so that I can give you one right now? Nobody here wants to be sick, isn't it? Yet, there are some people who don't want to be faithful to their partners and their wives and their, and their spouses. To not want to be faithful to your spouse is the same way saying, I love to be sick. Because they are all on the same plate. Come on, are you here with me? Somebody now. Yeah, you, are, you should be here right now. Your face should come here and enjoy the message and smile and receive the message as, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Ma many people have ended up dying because they were not faithful to their spouses. Isn't it so? That should tell you. There's a consequence to our actions. Yeah. If I don't want to be sick, then I, I should not also want to be unfaithful. If I don't want to die, then I should not also want to be broke. Oh, yes. Yeah, that one day you are nodding your head. Because nobody wants to be poor, isn't it? So God doesn't want you to have plenty so that you become unfaithful. No. 
He wants you to have plenty so that you can become more faithful. You know, there are some people who will never give. You tell them to give in church, they will not give. You tell them to give to someone, they will not give. They think they are hoarding up their money for themselves. You have been set free from such diabolic thoughts. Through the fear of death, they have been subject to bondage all their lifetime. Ah. But he died to destroy death. Praise the Lord. You are walking in your freedom from today in Jesus' name. First John chapter number 3. I'm building up something because I want to share something very important to you. First John chapter number 3. I read verse 7 and verse 8. Emphasis is on verse number 8. It says, little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of who? He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed remains in him. And he cannot see because he has been born of God. Come on, somebody. He has been born of who? God. So you cannot be in Christ and still be tolerating the thoughts of sin. You cannot still be in Christ and be tolerating the works of the devil. You cannot. If you are born again, the seed of the Father is in you. And by that seed, you act righteously. You act in accordance to the will of the Father. You act to please the Father and not to please your flesh. Amen, somebody. I have been set free. Right? We have been set free from the devil. He said for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to do what? To destroy the works of the devil. I see the works of the devil being destroyed from your life. You are destroying those works of the devil. We don't tolerate sin. Don't be a believer who tolerates sin and then want to tolerate righteousness at the same time. No, the two cannot be in the same place. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, the two cannot be where? In the same place. We have been set free from the devil. Therefore, we are not mandated to do his work. I am not obliged. Listen, I am not obliged to fornicate. I am not obliged to lie. I am not obliged to steal. I am not, I don't have that will to do that. However, I have every right and responsibility to remain healthy. I have every right and responsibility to remain prosperous and rich. I have every right and responsibility to walk in life. Shout a good amen, somebody. As a child of God, when the devil is trying to bring you his work, you must know it and shoot it down. The Bible says, it is called the works of the flesh. Now, if like, let's read it. Let's go to Galatians chapter number 5. The works of the flesh. The works of the flesh. Praise the Lord. Galatians chapter number 5. Look at what it says. It says from verse 16, it says, I say then, walk where? Read your Bible with me. Open your Bible. Walk where? Walk where? 
Walk in the spirit and you shall. It didn't say you may not. Shall. It's like a command. You shall. It's not possible to walk in the spirit and fulfill the works of the flesh. Because the one who was in the spirit has been set free from the, from the authority of the flesh. Come on here. Are you here with me? Can you hear me? I said everyone who walks in the spirit has been released, set free from the bondage of the flesh. That is why we are the spirit life people. If you walk in the spirit, you have the spirit of the life. And as you walk in the spirit, you don't allow the flesh to detect to you and for you to do the works of the devil. That is why we have been set free from the devil so that we can live for God. Amen. Verse 17. He said, I said then walk, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the last of the flesh. For the flesh lasts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evidence which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So if you are practicing it, if you are doing it every day, it says you are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But meanwhile, you have been born again into the kingdom. So, we, so you must know the kind of life you possess. When, when you are getting the things in your flesh to be angry, to lie, to fornicate, to party, to deceive, you say, no, this is not for my father. This is not the work I have been born again to do. I have been delivered from the power of the devil so that I can please my father and do his will. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we have been freed from the devil. Say I'm freed from the devil. He has no power over me. The devil cannot tell me what to do. Are you getting what I'm saying? One day I heard a story about a guy who murdered someone. And in the court they asked him, why did you do it? He said, the devil told me to do it. The devil told me to do it. Yeah, yes. Is he right or wrong? He's right. The devil told him to kill. Told him to murder someone. God will not tell you to kill anybody. You didn't hear what I said. That is why in this church, we don't pray for people to die. We don't pray for, for God to kill anybody. Because he will not kill anybody. Nobody will die because of you. You didn't hear what I said. I said, no, God will not kill anybody because of you. Nobody will die because of you. It is ignorance for you to pray for somebody to die. I said, it is ignorance for you to pray for somebody to die. In fact, it is foolishness to pray for somebody to die. No way. You don't pray for somebody to die. You pray for them to repent. You didn't hear what I said. I said, we will not do the work of the devil for him. If he wants to kill anybody, he should go and kill them himself. 
But as for us, we don't have the responsibility to help him kill people. You are not a judge. Are you here with me? We don't help people to, we don't have the devil to kill people. Amen, somebody. And he says now the works of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Did you see self-control? Did you see self-control? Hey! Unless nobody comes to sit by you, you want to gossip. Tell your neighbor, have self-control. Say you have self-control. Tell him, you have, you have it. You have it. You have it. They, want, they cannot keep quiet. They, che, 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 che. As soon as they get opportunity, they start talking. If you have, you know somebody, your wife, your friend, your husband, some husbands too can gossip. Yeah, they can, they, they can gossip till you clap for them. Amen. It's not only the women who gossip. You see, let me tell you something. If you know somebody who says, I'm a believer, okay, I'm a Christian, and the person cannot stay in a godly conversation for even 10 minutes, you should pray for the person. You know, there are some people, the moment, you see, because they, want, they are in a hurry to gossip about someone. So as soon as you start telling them about, you know, the things of the, the spirit, Jesus loves you. Hey, Charlie, do, have you seen how the message was powerful today? It, oh, yeah, it was nice. It was nice. It was nice. Yeah, it was nice. It was a very good message. Before I realized, five minutes, hey, have you heard about Adra Mansa? Adra Mansa, have you heard what she did? No, but we have not finished talking about the message. You are, they are in a hurry to gossip. They are in a hurry to gossip. No, there are some Christians, they cannot sit in the conversation. See, there are some people, right? There are some believers. They cannot be in a sustained spiritual conversation for even 30 minutes. It's a, it's a serious thing. Somebody will say, this table I'm shaking. I want to shake it well. Can you hear me well? Can you all hear me well? Uh-huh. If you want to know if somebody is walking in the spirit, engage the person in a spiritual conversation. If he survives 10 minutes, go to 20. If he survives 20, go to 30. If he survives 30, go to 40. Before I realize one hour, I say, uh-huh, this person is in the spirit. If the person, you start the conversation, 10. 10 minutes, they just check their phone. Hey, Manchester has called. Suspect, suspect, suspect. <laughs> you are talking to them about spiritual things. They are taking the latest trend on Twitter. Hey, let's finish our spiritual conversation first. Amen, somebody. Are you here with me? Yeah. We love the things of the spirit because we are born in the spirit. Say, I'm born in the spirit. I love the things of the spirit. But we, we will not help the devil do his work. We have been set free from him. Amen. Now, let's move on. So when were we set free? Somebody will be saying, ah, if I've been set free, then I, I don't know. 
Why am I going through all these problems in my life? Why am I still experiencing poverty and hardship and all of Why? Why? God, why me? <laughs> no, 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 no. For lack of knowledge. For lack of knowledge. For lack of knowledge. For lack of knowledge. It is not that God is endorsing your suffering. Your ignorance is the one fueling your suffering. The day you know, that devil will leave you. Are you get what I'm saying? That is why from today, you'll be walking in the freedom of your life. Walking in the freedom in your finances. No more moment of lack, 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 lack. You are set free and you shall walk in it. In the mighty name of Jesus. You better love freedom if you are in this church. Because freedom is our message. We want people to walk in the freedom that God has brought us. People should not still be walking in the bondage. Do you know what? Bondage means that the guy is sick and doesn't know why he's sick. And he's under that bondage. And doesn't know why he or she is under that bondage. Oh Lord, have mercy. But the day has come. Look at what Paul said. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. He said, when your obedience is full, you will punish every disobedience. May every life of disobedience be punished this morning by the obedience of the word in your life. Amen, somebody. So when were we free? That day you believed you have been brought into God's freedom. That day you received the gospel. That was the day of your freedom. That very day, that very, say that very day. That very day you believed that Jesus is the son of God. He died, he was buried, and he was raised from the grave. The day you believe in that gospel was that day you subscribed to freedom. Say freedom. Are you here with me? Say freedom. Let's go to 2 Peter. Chapter number 1. 2 Peter. Um, amen. Now I read from verse number 5. He says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and are bound, you will be neither buried, nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed he was cleansed from his old sins what happened to you you were cleansed I, I, sorry i'm reading second yeah second peter chapter number one amen yeah you were cleansed say i've been cleansed uh, you have been cleansed from your old sins they are gone say they are gone i am brand new Say, I'm brand new. Yes. So that very moment you receive the gospel and say, Jesus, I am walking with you. From that very day, you receive freedom. Praise the Lord. From that very moment, you receive freedom. Amen. So I've been cleansed. I've been set free from my old sins. From my old sins. Amen. We know what is there. I quoted this a few minutes ago. 
Second Corinthians chapter number five. Second Corinthians chapter number five. Second Corinthians chapter number five. Let's 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 do from verse number twelve. I always start from verse number twelve. Is it? For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we have sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, I love this, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who have given us a ministry of reconciliation. Can you, can, did you see that? Are you reading it in your Bible? Are you seeing it in your Bible? This is so powerful. He said Jesus died for us so that we no longer live for ourselves. We live for the one who died. So, you're already dead. You didn't hear what I said. I said, you're already dead. You were dead in Christ. Was Jesus raised from the dead? Yes. You've been brought back to life. The one who dies, dies no more. Oh, they are not excited. The one who died, dies no more. And that is why you are free from the power of death. That is why death has no power over you. Because you already died. You already died. Until you get this gospel. Until you get this good news, you cannot walk in freedom. You see, we have been set free from the fear of death. So I've been set free from the fear of death. That is why you must not be afraid of death. Too many believers are afraid of death. I release you from that fear. Walk in the freedom of your boldness. No longer afraid of death. They hear death and they, they, they shiver and they shiver and they are shaking. No way. I already died. The day I gave my life to Jesus, the day I received the gospel, that very day, death disappeared from me. That very day, I was set free from the bondage of death. That very day, I started walking in the freedom from death. And I started walking in life. Shout a glorious amen, somebody. I started walking in life. That very day. Some of you don't know when you got born again. How many of you remember the date you received the gospel? That very day you, you said, I want to walk with God. How many of you remember it? Some of you don't, you remember it. You don't remember the date. Uh, some of you, you celebrate your natural birthday, but you don't remember your spiritual birthday. <laughs> uh, right now, some, some, I'm seeing something trending. When people are celebrating their birthday, go for a photo shoot and say, this is my birthday. Is it my first, you know, birthday? Then they... they do the posing and they do the thing. But when you ask them, when did you get born again? Yeah. You start scratching your head. But that is the most important thing too. 
You see? Yeah. Yeah. I got born again, August 28, 2003. Yeah. I remember very clear. That day, my life was all over the place. And when I go to church and I received the message, I said, Lord, I'm tired of this sickness. And that was the, the beginning of my life. So, in fact, if you want to know my real age, calculate from 2003. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Yeah. Powerful. Some people, you must know. So, that day is when, so imagine. Hmm. So, imagine you got born again around the time I also got born again. 2003 to now is how many years? 18 years. So imagine you have walked in ignorance since 2003. So mean that you have suffered for 18 good years. 18 years. You have suffered because of ignorance. Can you imagine? No wonder Peter said, truth by the Holy Spirit, Peter said, he said, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word, so that you will grow thereby. In other words, the moment you get born again, the first thing you must introduce to that new baby in Christ is the word, so that they will grow in accordance to the word. You don't introduce the person who just got born again to a country, to bottles of oil and handkerchiefs and incense and those things. No, no, no. no. You, have, you, you waste their life. You must introduce them to the word so that they will grow in accordance to the word. Other than that, they will suffer until they gain knowledge of what is rightfully theirs. Are you here with me, somebody? Are you here? Say, I'm free. And the day you got born again, freedom came to you. Wow. Celebrate the Lord with a, with a clap of friends. Celebrate the Lord with a clap of faith. We are free. Say, I'm free. Wow, this is so powerful. So that day I received the gospel, Jesus set me free. He brought me to the level of freedom. Amen. All right. So, the next thing we need to know is that how did we get our freedom? How did it happen? How did it happen? It's simple. You know what it is. God sent his word. God sent his word. The word became flesh. And the word became the flesh. That means he became a human being. And died on the cross. And not just died. He was buried. Physical death. Jesus was. He died naturally. He didn't, people think he died spiritually. He died naturally like any human being. If you've been to a funeral. As the body was laid there, you are walking past. That's how Jesus died. He died like that. And then he was buried in a beautiful tomb. And something marvelously happened. After he was buried, no human being had died and been buried and come back to life. Some, some people say the one they believe has died. And, but we all know that they are prophets, they are leaders, they died. We know where they were buried, their bones are even still there. 
But we know our Jesus came back to life. Oh, come on. Are you not happy? In fact, Paul said in the book of 2 Corinthians, right? If the gospel, any gospel, the completeness of the gospel, that only focuses, or let me put it this way, the gospel is not complete without the aspect of the resurrection. It is not a gospel if you focus on the death. People even don't talk about the burial. They don't know the importance of the burial. They, you must know why he was buried. And then, the most important of it all, that makes it a complete gospel, is his resurrection. So you cannot talk about the gospel of Christ. Because people only talk about the death. And you hear people say, the death is the finished works of Christ. No, that is half of the work done. What happened on the cross was only half of it. The totality of his works includes the resurrection. Because had he not resurrected or been brought to life by the power of the Holy Spirit, his works wouldn't have been complete. If he only died and he called the death on the cross as his finished works, then what about the burial? What about his resurrection? No. It is the death, the burial, and the resurrection that sums up the finished works of Christ Jesus. And that is the gospel. That is the gospel. If you take away his resurrection, you have missed the gospel. It is no good news to hear somebody dead. Don't people die all the time? They die all the time. So what is so special about his death? Yes, he died so that he can pay our sins. The wages of sin is dead. So he paid my sin when he died. In him, I also died. So my sins was also paid. Oh, it's not, it's, 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 it's usual. Anybody who dies is also buried, right? That's what you say, yes? He needed to, bury, to be buried. Because if not for the burial, right, there wouldn't be, have been the glory of the resurrection. He needed to have been buried. As soon as the nails went through his hands, and then he said, oh, Father, I give up my spirit. Then he died. Some few minutes later, he woke up. You would have said he only fainted. <laughs> you would have just said he fainted. He, he just passed out, and then he came back. But he needed to have demonstrated that truly, I have truly, truly died. Died. Yes. And I was buried. So that now the resurrection will become very powerful to you. Praise the Lord, somebody. So when he was resurrected, that is his glory that we, we celebrate. Amen. So we're freed when Jesus came into the world because the word became flesh. John chapter 1 verse 14. John chapter number 1 verse 14. You know what is there, but let's all read it. Sometimes you, you assume that people know what is there. Until you ask them to quote it. And then you realize that they didn't know. So from verse 1, we know in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was God. Right? Yes. Nothing was made that was made. Okay. Then when you jump to verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and blood amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? 
grace and truth. He was full of it. John 3.16. Again, you also know what is there. But it will shock you to know that somebody may not even know John 3.16. So let's read it together. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Everlasting life. Praise the Lord, somebody. That is exactly what happened. So Jesus was given so that we can have what? Life. That is how it happened. So that day Jesus was, he came into the world. And then life came. That was the moment I got free. Are you getting the gospel here? Are you getting the message of freedom? Say I'm free. Say I am free. So you walk in the freedom of what God has brought you. You don't have to take again yourself into a life of bondage. Into a life of servitude of sin. Sin. It's not just the fornication that is a sin. Sickness is a sin. Poverty is a sin. Hardship is a sin. Yes, you must be determined from today that as long as I am alive in my God and Savior, I refuse to be poor. I refuse to be sick. I refuse to struggle. I refuse to be down. You must be determined. You must. You must not allow things to flow like that. Oh, whatever God brings me, whatever God brings you, do you know whatever he brings you? You have no idea. You are talking about a kingdom in which the king doesn't want anybody to be sick. Yeah. Oh, look at what Jesus said. Look at, look at what Jesus said. It's this so beautiful. I love this. Go to Matthew chapter number 12. Just look at something. So awesome. I want you to understand. I love this so much. Matthew chapter number 12. Verse number 38. This is so powerful. Uh, 28. Sorry. We'll get it. Matthew chapter number 12. Remember what Jesus said in the beginning of his ministry. He said, repent for the kingdom of God has come near you, right? Now look at what he said in Matthew chapter 12. Verse number 28. He said, but if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Ah, did you see that? So, those who are casting out the spirit of sickness and poverty and death, surely you are under the kingdom of God. Therefore, if you truly say you are in the kingdom of God, then you walk in life, you walk in riches, you walk in health, you walk in longevity, you walk in the beautiful side of life. Because that is what you know, that the kingdom of God has come upon you. Wow. So if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, then surely I know the kingdom has come upon me. He said, repent, the kingdom of God has come near you. When the people were under the kingdom of darkness, in darkness, they were sick, they were dying. Oh, they are poor. They have no idea of how to come out of poverty. They are sick all the time. Today I declare by your life, every medical condition in your body is terminated right now in Jesus' name. I say every medical condition is burned to the ashes and to the root it is attacked in Jesus' mighty name. It's cast out. Don't allow the devil any space in your life. 
When you see something not going according to plan, you better attack it and uproot it. Too many believers are, they are, they are, they are so comfortable. Comfortable. Don't be comfortable. If what you are experiencing does not bring glory to the king, in the kingdom, you better kick it out. This is who the king is. And you must understand how he wants his kingdom to be like. Will you take that from him? He doesn't want his kingdom to be a place where people die, people are sick, people are poor, people are, are nobodies, people are full of shame, no dignity. He doesn't want that. Meanwhile, there's no person under this sun who when you ask him, do you like poverty? Who will say yes? Nobody wants to be poor. Yet they don't know how to be poor. How to be rich, sorry. They go to the malams and the voodoos and the jujus. Seeking a way to be rich. No way. They work so hard until they don't even have time to rest. This is not how God wants you to prosper. I tell you, this is not how God wants you to prosper. If hard work in peace... Some of you, your parents would have built mansions. When the blessing is given to you, God tells you, go here, do it this way, do it this way, do it this way. And you don't sweat. Do you know what it means for someone to be leading you and guiding you doing your things? Oh, do it this way. He has showed you what to do. Will you suffer to do it? Will you struggle to do it? But if you don't know what to do, well, let me experiment and see. Maybe to work. Maybe to not work. You try it, it doesn't work. Ah, you get confused. And then you go to the next one. Let me try this one. You go in circles trying to achieve one thing because you don't know anything. But God is saying, as many that are led by my spirit, these are my sons, these are my children. He wants to lead you into greener pastures. You want to be led into dry pastures. He said, in my kingdom, I only give greener pastures. What do you want that he cannot give you? But cast out demons by the spirit of God and the kingdom of God. May you be found walking free in the kingdom. Yeah, in this, in this freedom. You see, people are, people are suffering. Marriages are collapsing. Businesses are collapsing. Children are going wayward. Because people don't know the fundamental benefit of walking in the kingdom. It's freedom. I tell you. If you ever met a womanizer before who is now truly born again, one of the things they will tell you is that, wow, since God delivered me, at least my money is safe. I can use my money to promote the work of God. Oh, yes. Go and ask them. Look for one and ask. If you are the one to answer the question, you will know that. But in this church, that spirit doesn't work here. Amen, somebody. You didn't say a good... When I say things like this, I don't say amen. See... Even Jesus said amen. So you better say amen. Yeah. It's good. You don't say the amen very powerful like that. Then you become a suspect. You become a suspect. Like I'm talking about your case. Meanwhile, I don't know your case. <laughs> amen, somebody. Wow. Say I'm free. Is it not a good news to be free? Can you imagine? People didn't know that they are working in bondage. They are going around. They are going around. They are going around begging, 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 begging. No way. Nobody begs ever again in this church. Begging shall not be your lifestyle. 
you are walking in overflow in abundance in the mighty name of jesus you are a giver and not a beggar you are a giver and not a beggar in the name of jesus you are free from begging you are free from lack you are free from it you're free from it you're free you're free <laughs> some of you uh, time is coming that you see you have your house that you are living in you'll be building houses for people who don't have houses to sleep in you are building for them because you God is bringing you to a level of his, his prominence. Are you here with me, somebody? Yeah. Acts chapter number 10. Let's 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 work it out and finish. We'll be finishing very soon. Acts chapter number 10. Acts chapter number 10. Verse number 38. Acts chapter number 10. Look at what he said. It's a very famous um, scripture as well. He said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all, all who were what? Oppressed by the who? Devil. For God was with him. He healed. So when God heals somebody, God is setting somebody free from oppression. Are you getting it here? When God heals someone, he's setting the person free from oppression. It is not normal. You think it's easy for somebody to be sick? It's not. It's not. It's not. It's an oppression. Nobody loves any sickness. You go to the hospital and see them. If you go to the hospital, sometimes you cannot even watch. You see somebody's leg is hanging. Somebody just wants to fat, okay, and be discharged. And the gas is chopped up. And they are screaming. Somebody cannot eat. They have to pipe a tube. Before food can go into the person. Somebody, somebody is lying down. Like there is no life. They are just there. When you ask them a question. They just look at you. Oppression. That devil. There is nothing beautiful about the devil. There is nothing beautiful. In being sick. There's nothing ugly. There's nothing beautiful about an accident. Look at the accident that people have. Accident that would decapitate people's human body. Tear their bodies into pieces. And you are telling me. If you don't want this thing for yourself. Why are you praying for God to kill someone? Come on. Don't be wicked. Don't be wicked. God never will answer a prayer because it, it, to what to what gain will he have to kill someone? Why? Okay, the person dies. Uh -huh. To what end? What is the benefit? The person is no more. You don't know that if the person is doing something against your life, it is possible that the person is controlled by spirit. The human body dies the spirit looks for the next person to enter and continues his work. So what have you gained? You gain nothing. Gain nothing. Rather pray. He said, you cast out demons. One of the signs of a true believer is that you are able to cast out demons. You must be able to cast out demons. Tell your neighbor, you must be able to cast out demons. It should be a normal thing. Cast out demons. If, if people are disturbing you, Master, you go into your room and start casting out the demons. You don't say, God, let them die. Why would they die? Cast out demons. 
when they are free, they will also leave your matter alone. <laughs> they will not disturb you again. Until they are free, they, they will not let you be free. So you better set them free. A free person set them free. Are you here with me? The same way Jesus sets you free. Set them free in the name of the Lord Jesus. Are you here with me, somebody? The same way. Set them free. Don't kill them. I said what? Don't kill them. Let them live and let them repent. Let them become like one of you. Are you here with me? Yeah. They will take them to no go go. No go go. They finish them. Why will they finish them? I should tell the kind of spirit they are. Or they will go to Benin. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Alright. So our last point then we are done for today. So why are we free? Why? Are we free? For everything God does as a purpose. Right? So we are free to live in the way God intends us to live. That's, how, that's why we are free. I am free to live and walk in this world the way God plans us to live. God wants you to walk healthy. He wants you to live healthy. God wants you to live prosperous. He wants you to walk in life, to be, to be alive and to live. He doesn't want you to die. This is what God is thinking about. Come on, are you here? Yes. So, if things are not going on the way God doesn't want it to be, what do you do? You stand up and say, Father, I take authority in your name and I stand in my freedom. And I clear any opposition that wants to impede me in my freedom walk. Are you here with me? You, you just clear every barrier. You take them away so that you can walk in your freedom. Are you here with me, somebody? That is why if there's any sickness in your body, it leaves you right now. Are you here with me? If there's anything on your skin you don't like, it is disappearing right now. If there's anything in your eyes you don't like, it is leaving you right now. If there's anything in your finances you don't like, it is getting out right now. I told you that in this church, we intentionally, we intentionally want everybody to prosper. Because Jesus set you free from poverty so that you can prosper and be in abundance. And when you are in abundance, you can also bless somebody. It is more blessing to do what? To give than to receive. So as you are giving, it shows that you are blessed. The giver is the one who proves that he or she is blessed. The one who doesn't give, it shows you are lacking the blessing. But when you give, it shows you are blessed. May you be known as the biggest, biggest giver of all times. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, we are givers. In fact, in the kingdom of God, it is a kingdom of givers. You didn't hear what I said. I said the kingdom of God is a kingdom of givers. Not the kingdom of takers. <laughs> not the kingdom of takers. There are some people, they, they, they uh, give me, Lord, give me, Lord, no. But you see, the Father blesses you so that you too, you can be a blessing and give. So, you see, like Pastor Santi is there. I give him something. Okay? He takes hold of it. In fact, 
The word receive in the Greek is not what people understand. Lambano in the Greek does not mean you standing there passively and then I bring it to you. No. That's not, that's not how to receive in the spirit. In the spirit, what happens is that the table has been set. Everything you need is on the dining table. To receive means to reach out. You must go and grab it. Until you take it yourself, you don't receive it. So you don't sit down aloof, waiting for God to bring it to you. Hey, madam, relax. That's not how God does it. If you want to receive anything, you must rise up in faith. Walk in faith. Grab it in faith. Enjoy it in faith. You don't sit down and say, oh, God, come and heal me. You must get up from that sick bed and say, from today, you sickness and disease plaguing my body, I command you from the root, be gone and get hold of your health. Don't allow him to detect to you. If you don't do anything about it, I'm telling you, you're going to die a foolish death. If you don't do anything, see, let me tell you something. You don't say amen and go home sleeping. I'm telling you, if God is going to change your finances, you better get up and get hold of his wisdom, of his plans for your life. There's something he can tell you to do. If you get hold of that and you start working in it, you are a millionaire. Yeah. Until the children of Israel were working in the wilderness, manna didn't come. Manna didn't come. It, manna did not come when they were in Egypt. Manna did not come when they were sleeping. Manna came when they started taking the journey that God had told them to take. When you are walking in the path of God's direction, your manna will come. Manna does not come to the one who is doing nothing. Are you getting what I'm teaching you? You better get up. And rebuke that spirit of poverty and lack. And say from today, I lack no more. Wow. Those days. One of, the, one of my saddest moments in church. Ever since I got born again. Is when one day I went to church without an offering. I was crying in my heart. I said, I said, I said Lord, never again. Will I come to your presence. To the congregation of your people without an offering. But that day, I had, I had you know, nothing. Nothing was on, on me. But I didn't want to miss church, so I went to church. There are some people, if they don't have money, they don't go to church. Me, no, no, I'll go to church. I went to church, I didn't have any money. Whilst the offering was going on, I was praying in the spirit. In my heart, I said, Father, never will I ever go to church again. Without any money on me. I was attacking that spirit of lack. The offering bowl came to pass. And I took the envelope. As I spoke in the spirit. And I dropped it in the basket. It went. I enjoyed the service. But the small dent was the fact that I went to church without money. When I got home, the thing was eating me up. I said, no, Lord. It will never happen again. Some of you, you are enjoying the lack. Nothing is moving to get out of the lack. Because you say, oh, if I lack and I call my uncle, he will send me money. I call my brother, he will send me money. I call my sister. Such a poverty mentality. You don't need that one. 
May it be that one that they will call. May you be that one that they will call. I say, may you be that one that they will call so that you can send to them. Never be that person that you call him, call him, call him, call him, call him. Brother, can you send me something? Sister, can you send me something? Uncle, can you send me something? I don't have money, I don't have money. You better get up. Tell anybody, you better get up. Get up, get up, get up. And walk by the word of the Lord. And go and take over, take over. Cast out that devil of luck out of your life. Multi-millionaire is in your life. You are that next multi-millionaire in the name of Jesus. That billionaire, you are the next one coming up. God has set you free from poverty. I'm free from that. This is the reason you are free. You are not free. You are not free. You see, you are not free so that you be. You no, know, no, no. How can you be set free and still walking in the things you are set free from? That is why these Western countries they don't respect African countries. We gain our independence from them. Yet we go to them, cap in arms, begging for money. Please give us aid. Please give us loan. Please give us this. Give us this. They look at you and say, ah, so why did you gain your independence then? I gave you independence so that you can start manufacturing vaccines. Now, you have to beg them. See, they, the Western world, you are, they are calling for, they have to use their vaccines first. Before they come to you, the Africans. Because they think you are the lowest of the people in the whole world. But you shall be the first that people shall consult in your life. I say you shall be that first that they will call upon. Oh, you cannot be that person that you know people will look at you as the last option when they have finished eating and chew the bones. Then they will remember you. Say, ah, I draw, where are you? Oh, I was eating something. I, I slept with some. You can come and, and try it and see if you like it. No way. You, you, you don't eat the crumbs. Jesus said the bread belongs to the children, not the crumbs. The crowns belongs to dogs. The bread belongs to the children. You shall be eating the bread of life in Jesus' mighty name. Ah, you know, the full bread, not the crumbs, the, the, the full one. Full one. Yeah, not when the food is finished. The canzo. It's not the canzo. No, no, no. Yeah, some canzo is delicious, but no, the canzo, the canzo, canzo, the black side can never be delicious. That place is always there's some bitterness in that one. It doesn't matter how you think it's delicious. There's some bitterness in the the kanzo of the kanzo. Amen, somebody. Those who don't understand kanzo, it means kanzo. Go and Google it and search kanzo meaning. Google, help them. They will understand kanzo. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> right. Let's do two verses. Then we are we have close. Isaiah 53. Oh, you know, let's do 1 Peter chapter 2 because 1 Peter 2, 25 is quoting Isaiah 53, 16. So let, um, 53, 6. Sorry. 1 Peter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Verse number 24 and 25. Or probably for you to get the whole picture well. Let's start from verse 21. First Peter chapter 2 from verse number 21 to 25. It says, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Which, whose steps do you follow? Christ's steps. Who committed no sin, 
nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to, to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the, on the tree, that we, having died to sins, having what? Died, past tense, past tense, died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were, past tense, healed. Look at verse 25. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. Amen. So in the world, you were going astray. Don't think if you have three, four, five girlfriends and you are cheating on them, you are wise. You are foolish. Kojo, you are foolish. You are, you are, you are so foolish. That is a, a life astray. You know what it means to go astray? You've gone wayward. You are not different from a madman. You've gone astray. Can I talk to somebody? Some of you are too serious. Whether you are serious or not, may I say it? It's what the Holy Ghost is saying. So why shouldn't I say it? You better receive it with joy. Some of you women here, I'm saving your marriage. You have no idea. God is working on the men so that they can be faithful to their wives and working on the wives so that they can be faithful to their husbands. Yeah. It is a stray life. It is what? A stray life. To cheat, to be unfaithful, to lie, to steal. It's a stray life. You are going astray. You think it's a mejimeni? Who do you for him? Where are you taking your eyes from? I'm, I'm, I'm taking my eyes. That's literally right. I'm taking my eyes. So where were your eyes? I mean, you, are, you are blind. You don't have eyes to see. Amen. And then Jesus Christ came and said, now, as the shepherd of your soul, come to the right path. So Jesus said, I am the way, not the straight way. I'm not the correct way. I'm the truth and I'm the life. So when you come to Christ, he brings you to the way, to the right way, not the straight way. He brings you. He said, there are many things. There's a narrow way and there's a broad way. People find the broad way and it leads them to distraction. But there's only one way. If you want to find God and know his goodness, he say, come to this way. So when, Jesus, when, you, when you meet Jesus, you probably are going to, you're going to meet him in sickness, in sin, ultimately. You're going to meet Jesus in sin. As soon as you meet Jesus in sin, in whichever type of sin, poverty, sickness, death, whatever, in whichever type of sin you meet him, he says, now come from that way. Because that is a, a stray life. It brings you from that stray life. Say, now, this is the way. Now, this is the way to live. The way to live is to walk in life. This is the way. The way to live is to walk in prosperity. This is the way. The way to live is to walk in health. This is the way. The way to live is to walk in faithfulness. This is the way. I brought you to the way. The way. He said we were like sheep. We had gone astray to our own ways. Our own ways. So when you find someone living that life, it is your own way. It is not the way of God. If you find the way of God, you come out of that sickness. You find the way of God, you come out from that poverty. You find the way of God, you come out from that life. Are you getting what I'm saying, somebody? Yeah. There are some people who don't know the way. 
They think it's normal. That is why there are some people, when because of the womanizing spirit, they believe in polygamy. Oh, yes. One day, I made a comment like that on my Facebook wall. And then somebody sent me a message and said, but it's in the Bible. Solomon had this. David had this. And they start quoting me. When I see such things, I laugh. Because they don't know the way. If they knew the way, they would not want to have more than one wife. You see, there's another level here. One day, the disciples came to Jesus. I said, Lord, so if um, someone is married to a husband and then the husband dies and the brother takes over, that brother also dies, this one takes over. So you know there are some people in this part of the world, if your husband dies, they replace your husband with their brother. Their brother becomes the they replace they replace their husband with their brother oh you know that right it's there, it's there. and so they asked the Lord so when they all meet one day who will be the rare husband of the, of the wife I mean it would have been easy for Jesus right to have said the first man since he was the first so he owns the the asset Jesus looked at them and said, none of them. Ah, why? I said, ah, what, then that place, we don't marry there. <laughs> we don't marry there. And, and Peter said, ah, then and no one should marry. Then Jesus said something really profound. He said, this one, you not marry, except it is given to you from above. Except you get it by revelation. You cannot say you cannot marry. So you see some people who are forcing themselves not to marry, yet they have girlfriends. No, that cannot be. That you, whether you call yourself a father, a pope, or whatever, and you have children, you have not fathered. It doesn't really mean. You can't. You can't the Bible says nobody can deceive God. So if you have not yet received that revelation, you have to marry. And the moment you receive that revelation, you realize that you are, you are wobbling in that revelation, you better get a wife. Amen. Because why? There's a reason Ephesians talks about the fact that marriages are an example of the marriage between what? Christ and his body. There's a reason. So if you don't understand marriage today, maybe when you go to heaven, you're going to have a new mind and everything, so probably you understand the picture. When you go to heaven, you're, you're, you can't go and marry your wife in heaven. Praise the Lord, somebody. So you better enjoy yourself now because there we are all going to be straight and walk with God and work for God and be with him. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the marriage we are marrying now is a, it's an experiment. <laughs> Amen. All right. So we have been brought to the right path. Praise the Lord. So I've been brought to the right way. In Christ, we have been brought to the right way. I'm in the right way. I'm not living anyhow. I'm not doing things myself. He doesn't get up and get angry for no sake. No. He doesn't get up and start insulting people for no reason. No. 
You don't just get up and be you know, having a sort of thoughts and mindsets about people. No. No. That's not what God wants for you. Bible said, God taught it. He said, whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, whatever is of good report, whatever is godly, whatever is beautiful, if there's anything to think about, think about such things. Don't think evil about people. Don't plan evil about people. You have been set free from such mentality. Are you, am I talking to someone here? Almost pray for people. Think life about people. You know, there are some people they have, you know, don't have a double life. The life you live at home and the life you live in church. Must have a beautiful life. Your thoughts in church must be the thoughts at home. We have been set free to walk the way God intends us to live. Tell your neighbor, live the way God wills for your life. Let's do the last, last verse and then we are done. Matthew 9, 36. Matthew 9, 36. Matthew 9, 36. It says, Then Jesus, sorry, um, oh, let's, let's do 35 and 36. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, Teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, whoa, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Jesus heals you today. Verse 36. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. So when God sees somebody who is sick, he looks at the person like the person doesn't have a shepherd. Because the route you are taking, there's no glory in there. When you see somebody poor, you say, no, this person hasn't got a shepherd. If you have a shepherd, you will prosper. If you have a shepherd, you will be healthy. If you have a shepherd like me, Jesus, ha, you will walk in life. Today, your shepherd will walk with you. I said, from today, your shepherd shall be with you. In all of your ways, you shall walk with your shepherd. In the mighty name of Jesus, come and lift up your hands and say, My shepherd, my God, and my father, I walk with you always. Lift up your voice and begin to thank him.